Star Wars 7x7 episode 1394 today. We are continuing our countdown of The Last Jedi deleted scenes in terms of their importance to the story. And we've got the third and fourth place entries on the deck for you today. Punch it, Chewie. I'm Amy Rathwith with Lattes with Leia, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Boyvod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. So we're continuing our countdown of the scenes from The Last Jedi, deleted scenes that are of particular import to the story, and ranking them thereof. We're at number four and number three for today. And number four is the alternate opening, and it's actually important to the story for an entirely different reason for compared to what all the rest of them were. This one is really important for the fact that it wasn't part of the story because honestly, you know, when you think about the people that were up in arms about The Last Jedi to begin with, and you know, there was that funny meme that was going around where there were, you know, people complaining about The Force Awakens because it was too much like the original movies and they wanted something different. And so then, you know, the next picture is those same people with torches and whatnot, and they're complaining about The Last Jedi because it was too different and they wanted something a lot like the originals. So, you know, that whole thing about just not being able to satisfy a certain segment of the population, I think that segment of the population might have gotten up in arms if this opening for The Last Jedi was actually implemented. It's one where it doesn't pan down to a planet like you expect it to. It actually pans down and you think for a second maybe it's a planet, but it turns out that it's the Bactopod that Finn is in. So it goes straight to him in there and him waking up and going, right, you know, and freaking out. And it's really cool that they included this scene in the deleted scenes for the fact that it was not completed, right? It was pre-visualized to some degree, so it's not the full completed special effect shots that you see. Very similar, though, in places at least. There are moments where it definitely doesn't look like... <laughs> You would expect the completed movie to look like. And it pans down so you get to see the evacuation happening. So something similar in that regard was kept in the actual movie. And instead of Connix having a conversation on the ground on Dakar about there not being enough time and them needing more time to get everybody and everything evacuated, that conversation happens in a different form between Poe and Connix as Poe is calling down from the Radis to find out what's going on. And this is kind of the genesis for Poe going, hmm, maybe I should hop in this X-Wing with the experimental thing on the back and see if I can help stall things for a while. And Ryan Johnson's take on the opening was that there's an old saw in the industry where if you want to make any script better, cut the first three to five pages of the script. And so basically he decided to implement that. And you know what? It doesn't seem like it was quite as much of an actual cut as you would think, because, you know, the scene with Finn waking up and going, right, like that's still in there. The fact that it pans down to look down at the planet with the evacuating transport pods still in there. And even if it isn't a conversation between Poe and Connix, it's still a conversation between Connix and another tech on the ground. So I'm not really sure exactly how much was cut as a result, but 
be that as it may, I think it's probably better that we got sort of a traditional pan down to a planet opening for The Last Jedi. And then in third place, we have the scene entitled Rose Bites the Hand That Taunts Her. This actually appears in the novelization, and it was filmed in full. And it's really an awesome scene, and Ryan Johnson's rationale for it was that they were taking too long, basically, to get back to the throne room fight. And so even though it was very painful for him to cut this scene, he needed to get back to the throne room fight. And so that was why it was cut. And he also said that Rose's character had been established as being strong enough that you didn't necessarily need this moment for her to shine in order to really get a hold of the idea of the strength of her character just based on this one. So it's a scene where the Automach medallion pops out onto the ground and she tries to pick it up, but Hux puts his boot on it and says, Automach system, this brings back memories, a real nice jerky statement, because of course they did weapons testing in the Automach system, and that's where Hayes Minor is. That's the planet that Rose and Paige are from. And he says, you know, you may bite us every once in a while and draw a little blood, but the First Order will always win. And he's got his hand with that medallion close to her and she just reaches out and bites his hand literally just rawr, like right into it and he's like ah! and screams and yells execute them both and then storms off embarrassed by what he's just been put through and i really dig that scene and rose kind of goes like and spits out whatever you know piece of glove hopefully piece of skin to she really lays into him, and it's very well done by Kelly Marie, Kelly Marie Tran, excuse me. I don't want to roll through too fast through the pronunciation of her name. Kelly Marie Tran does a fantastic job with just ramming down on his hand and biting it with absolute ferocity. And I don't know, that was one where, yeah, I get the idea, okay, yeah, pacing, and you need to get back to the throne room and all that, but that one, that one I really regret not seeing in the movie. I think that would have been awesome. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Last Jedi Trivia. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. No sponsor on this episode today, so I just have a favor to ask instead. If you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for Star Wars 7x7 on your favorite podcast app. Not just a star rating, although I will say we are personally very proud of our near-unanimous five-star rating on iTunes. No, I just mean a thoughtful sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, or how happy you are that it's part of your daily routine. And more reviews means better visibility, which means more people get to share in a daily dose of Star Wars joy, and you want that, don't you? Of course you do, so please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7x7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. All right, so last time I asked you who the first build actor is for The Last Jedi, and it is Mark Hamill. Today's question, we're only going to go through a few of the actors for The Last Jedi, because chances are you probably know everyone. <laughs> but here's a trivia one for you. Who is the actor who took over for the late lamented Kenny Baker in portraying R2-D2 in The Last Jedi? And that is going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you fire at will, Commander, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful if you put a little something in the tip jar at patreon.com SW7X7. It's not just fully armed and operational, it's destiny unleashed.
This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.